Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. we are live, but we got to let it breathe here just for a moment while we bring on our ever-growing Facebook community. Get all the MHH clan under one tent. And we are good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me is my partner in crime. You know him, you love him. He is the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, you know, we were like, well, what should we open with tonight? Really, the first thing I want to touch on is your article talking, touching on really the uh, CBS Sports prospective trade packages to land Aaron Rodgers in the mile high city. And I'm going to pull it up so that we have a little bit of a visual cue to kind of go along with it. But Zach, suffice to say, surprise, surprise, it's an extremely cost prohibitive prospect. Yeah. uh, If you thought Deshaun Watson was expensive, you ain't seen nothing yet. And keep in mind, these are all just proposed trade scenarios from a CBS sports writer. This isn't anything legitimate in terms of what the Broncos actually floated Green Bay. Only George Payton knows that and the and the Packers GM, whose last name, Gutnust, I can never pronounce. Gutekunst. Gutekunst. Okay, I'll just call him Brian. It's a lot easier that way. But here's the gist of the whole story. Regardless of what the Broncos give up for Rodgers, it's going to include three first-round picks. So take your pick here. Mix and match the player you want to part with. And I saw what you wrote on Twitter yesterday, Chad, and I agree. I, you know, That's the whole basis of me writing this article. You said the Glasgow trade proposal here is the only one that you could swallow. And I'm okay with that as well. Maybe Vaughn, if he's not in your future plans, but look at those hauls. 2022 first, 2023 first, 2024 first, 2022 second, 2023 third. My opening line, I think, sums it up in that article, Chad. If the Broncos are serious about Aaron Rodgers, they have to be serious about not drafting in the first round or really much at all for the foreseeable future. You know, the problem here is that he's 37. And right. even though, you know, Tom Brady's playing until he's 42, I mean, and going, I mean, he's kind of the unicorn, right? You can't, it's hard to get your hands around. It's hard to lasso a freaking unicorn. There's a reason why they're a unicorn. And even Peyton Manning, who, you know, granted had significantly 
um, more serious injury history relative to his neck and all those procedures, which then caused a lot more degenerative uh, collateral damage on his body than what Tom has dealt with. I mean, Tom's biggest injury up to this point in his career, Zach, two decades in the league was that ACL in whatever it was, 08, after the big, huge year then when yep. they went into the one. Um, Rogers, though, at 37, I think you could say you get three competitive years out of him for sure, provided he stays interested in playing for you, right? Like maybe he goes, this is fun, this is fun. Maybe you win a Super Bowl. Maybe you get close a couple times like the Packers have lately. And then he goes, you know what? I'm going to go be the Jeopardy host because I'm Aaron Rodgers and I'm discount, you know, double check. And I'm kind of weird. Aaron Rodgers is kind of weird, guys. Yes. All right. Let's face it. And then you're the Denver Broncos going, well, we gave up three first round picks, a couple of twos. You know, we shipped off again. Take your pick from this smorgasbord. uh, Cortland Sutton or we shipped off Locke or we shipped off on whatever. And uh, it's just, you, you would, I would have to be for this to be serious. I would have to be assured beyond a reasonable doubt from Aaron that he's playing till minimum till he's 40 minimum. And there's no guarantee of that, you know, especially when you throw in the injury bug. Exactly. You know, he's got that collarbone exactly. that's, that's cost him time in years past. Plus Zach, as an aging man, myself, all right, 41 years old, let me tell you, it's easier to get dinged up. I'm not an elite athlete, granted, but Zach, when you do get dinged up, it just takes a heck of a lot longer to heal up. Yeah, that's that was going to be my point. I mean, he's he is coming off an MVP season. He is a future first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback, I feel like, but he has an extensive, fairly relatively speaking, injury history collarbone, severe injuries, season-ending injuries. There is no guarantee the Broncos would get him even for one season, let alone three seasons. Anything can happen at a moment's notice. Look at Von Miller last year. He literally walked funny with taking one step, and he was done for the year. The same thing could happen to Aaron Rodgers. Last time I checked, Chad, he's not on the TB12 diet. He's not eating seedless strawberries like Tom Brady, so he doesn't have that longevity. It's just a bridge too far for me. And also keep in mind one more thing, and people are going to look at this like it's a stretch, but it's really not. Before Matt LaFleur came to Green Bay, People were kind of whispering about Aaron Rodgers and maybe he's hitting the wall or maybe he should hang it up with him and Mike McCarthy. I would take Mike McCarthy over Pat Shermer. And I damn sure would take Matt LaFleur over Pat Shermer. So you bring Aaron Rodgers here. And if he's causing these issues with an A-plus coaching staff in Green Bay, I just don't know, considering how he wants to run amok wherever he ends up. I don't really know that Pat Shermer and this type of Older, aging, old guard coaching staff, Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer, can really connect with someone like Rodgers, who you mentioned yourself is very eccentric. I think it's one of the reasons why the McCarthy relationship kind of fizzled, is McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers were two different personalities completely. So what did the Packers do? They hired a much younger head coach, a great offensive mind, who's a little more in tune with a personality like Aaron Rodgers. I just don't think there's anyone on the Broncos coaching staff, as is right now, that can harness that potential in the same way. So looking at his game, or his, his career stats, all right, 2017 and 2013 were the only seasons where he missed more than one game prior to becoming the man, which was in 2008 after they traded Favre to uh, the Jets. All right, looking at this, 
Let's see. Correspondingly, 2013, I'm pulling up his injuries. Let's look here. That was his clavicle. That's what worries me. All right. Let's look at the 2017 injury. Clavicle again. That's my concern with Aaron. Uh, Everything else, you know, is the type of thing you see just from being a pro athlete, an aging quarterback, you know, uh, concussion here or there, calf strains, things like that. It's that clavicle, man, that, you know, all it takes is just like when you saw Drew Locke get sacked in that Pittsburgh game that hurt his shoulder and cost him the next few weeks. It's just in the worst way when the stars align and you never know when that's going to be. So relative to the prohibitive cost, man, it just gives you a reason for pause. I'm not saying right now, like it's a complete non-starter. And as you uh, elucidated there, Zach, at the top of the show, we're not talking about some bona fide insider here that said, look, this is what the Packers are specifically seeking. This is a guy spitballing, but I don't really think he's too far off the mark in terms of the firsts and the seconds. Now, whether or not a premium player is really uh, on the table here for the Packers, that would be what gets him over the hump. That I'm not so sure of, but I think to them, the biggest thing would be those premium round picks basically for the next three years. Yeah, and and the problem, you know, a lot of Broncos country, similar to the Sean Watson, Russell Wilson, any quarterback that became available veteran-wise, some Broncos fans are drawing parallels to Peyton Manning. But once again, we have to remind you, Peyton Manning wasn't acquired via trade. All they had to do was lay out a contract. Not only would you take on Aaron Rodgers' contract, which he's still uh, signed for the next couple seasons, you're also giving up franchise-altering capital. I mean, we're all impressed because the roster, Elway, the last couple of years put together, George Payton put together this year. All that would be for naught if you not only strip assets from that team, but take away the star players they've already accumulated. Cortland Sutton, Bradley Chubb, Drew Locke, whoever. I just think there's a limit, Chad, to how much you can give up not for a 31-year-old quarterback or 26-year-old, but 37 years old with a fairly extensive injury history. Absolutely. And we got Dave from Georgia in the house, one of our great superstars. He says, I was skeptical at first, but after watching some tape, Javante Williams looks like a beast. He reminds me of Nick Chubb. Hashtag Broncos country. Hashtag let him hate. Yeah, definitely a very similar running style. Very thick. You know, he's 220, right? 5'10", 220. He's actually a lot closer body type wise to Clinton Portis coming out in 02. Running style wise, though, definitely more of a a Nick Chubb type, I think he's got much softer hands and he's much better wired for the passing game, which bodes well for the Broncos, especially if things do click this year between Pat Shermer and Drew Locke. Your thoughts, Zach, and then we'll get to some quick matters of business. It's David, so funny you asked this question. We thank you for your support as always. I just tweeted that Javante Williams right now is the betting favorite to lead all rookie NFL running backs in touchdowns this coming season. Not rushing touchdowns, total touchdowns from scrimmage, rushing and receiving. The more I've had to think about this pick and analyze it and kind of study it, I really do like it. Moving up for him, you gave up some capital, but it wasn't that it was a few spots and you got yourself a three-down workhorse. You're running back of the future, a guy who runs angry and is going to do a lot for whoever the quarterback is, Chad, whether it's Drew, Bridgewater, or Aaron Rodgers. All right, guys, we still have so much more to get to. We're going to get to all your super chats that are stacking up. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, we still don't have John with us, Fauna Beast. He's still taking care of some very vital, very important family business. And then we got to talk about the quarterback decision the Broncos made today. We'll continue to react to the draft and what we're hearing buzz-wise about Aaron Rodgers and all that. Uh, But first, we just want to call your attention to a couple of quick things. 
Make sure you're following the Huddle Up podcast on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod, the main account at Mile High Huddle. All right, our producer, John K, you know him as Bon Beast on Twitter at John K M H H. My partner in crime here, Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL on Twitter, and myself at Chad N Jensen. Tonight's live stream pod is brought to you by the Facebook, the Mile High Huddle Facebook Super Supporters. If you want to become a supporter, you want to get access to Kelberman's Corner, which is every Sunday at noon, and the Trickle Zone, which is every Saturday at noon, plus additional content we're rolling out. Go to our Facebook page. There's the address. Open it on your phone. Find it. Click the big blue button. And even those of you with us right now on Facebook, you can do it while you're watching. Scroll to the bottom where you would put in your chat. You'll see that little green icon at the bottom of the of the mobile view. You click that. You can sign up to become a supporter. Not only does it get you access to that content, it supports what we're doing here at MHH. Also, gang, check out the merch store, huddleuppod.com, and get your swag on. Get a hat, get a T-shirt, get a mug, face mask. Uh, we got tank tops. We got T-shirts, hoodies, little something. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. As an agribusiness expert with Alliance Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash Farm Energy Assessment. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. For everybody, and again, Another great way to support what we are doing here at MHH. Rep your team's colors, support the brand. And if you're not in a position to do those things, guys, it's all good. We're just stoked to have you with us. No lie. We appreciate each and every one of you. Please make sure you're subscribed, all right, wherever you're listening. Like this video, all right? This is our our, um, humble plea to you if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook. Like the video while you're with us. Even if you can only afford to catch two minutes because you're running to the kids' soccer game or whatever, Give it a quick like. You have no idea how much that helps us. And then number three, look, it's the litmus test. If we're doing a good job for you, or at the very least, if you respect the effort, share this out there. Help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. 
One last thing here, guys. I'm going to tease you just a little bit. We have a really cool announcement coming down the pike this week that pertains to the Huddle Up podcast and all of the Mile High Huddle podcasts. I can't really spoil it quite yet because it's still in the works this much, but we got some fun news, big news, really good news for Mile High Huddle, really good news for the Huddle Up podcast coming down the pike very, very soon. So stay tuned for that. And as soon as it's 100% on ice, locked in and done, we will clue everybody in. All right. All right. Real quick, Zach, I saw one up here from Jason O'Neill. Let me see if I can find this and hopefully the stream didn't jump. Here it is. Interesting comment here from Jason. His question is, I see where the Broncos signed undrafted free agent Andre Mintz from the edge from Vanderbilt paid him 85 G's. Seems like a lot to pay for an undrafted free agent. Was Mintz coveted by others? And was he a number one target for Denver? Uh, from what I've been told, he was among Denver's most coveted college free agents, the guys who didn't hear their name called. But he definitely had multiple teams trying to sign him. And so, you know, it's the uh, natural law, Zach, of, of economics. When supply is limited and demand climbs, the price is going gonna, is gonna to get driven up. But, yeah, he's an intriguing guy, you know, and the Broncos over the years have had a lot of luck and success developing undrafted edge rushers. Yeah, they had to pay up because he had competing offers with other teams. We don't really know what other teams were out there for his services, but that's what happens. Like Chad said, you pony up the money and secure your your priority free agent after the draft. Um, it's a fairly uh, commonplace practice now in the NFL, Chad. A couple of years ago, the Broncos gave a big-time sign bonus out to an undrafted free agent. And I can't recall who it is, but that was a little surprising that it was a franchise record. I can't remember exactly. Oh, that was uh, that was Brett Rippon's 115 G's. I, I was going to say a quarterback. Yeah. So that back then, it was a little surprising. It was a Broncos record. But every year, more and more teams are doing that to kind of um, nothing illegal about it or immoral, but just another way for a team to make sure they get their guy and not have to burn a draft pick on him, which I never understood, Chad. If he's there in the seventh round, you know you're going to sign him. Why not just draft him and make sure you get him? Yeah, I mean, you never know. You never know. But in this guy's case, hey, he's got a pretty good opportunity. The Broncos did draft Jonathan Cooper in uh, the seventh round yep. from Ohio State. So he's going to be – he's really going to get the first seat at the table along with Derek Tuska, last year's seventh-round pick, to basically compete with Malik Reed for the three and four behind Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. And then this kid – now. You know, the cream always rises to the top. So especially if the Broncos and the NFL end up getting preseason games this year, you could see Mintz, you know, maybe leapfrog some dudes. Otherwise, he's a guy that probably ends up on the practice stock, uh, squad, guaranteed because of his 85000 guarantee that he received, that eventually gets worked out onto the roster if this guy gets hurt or what have you. So uh, Savage Boy Kev on Twitch, good to see you, brother. Appreciate all of our listeners that are with us on Twitch. I saw on Twitch that we finally climbed up and over into triple digits on the followers. And I still am trying to wrap my brain around Twitch, but uh, we do have some VIP uh, Twitchers and uh, they have been tagged. I'm still trying to you know, understand the culture of Twitch, but nevertheless, Savage Boy Kev, appreciate you. Why did Jeff Driscoll even stay on the team this long? All right. So in case you guys missed it, the Broncos, as we prophesied, have prophesied since freaking November, but we even talked about it last night guaranteed that there that Jeff Driscoll would not be on this roster by week one. The Broncos did finally release him today. And the question, Zach, why did they wait? It's a it's a salient one. What was the holdup? 
I have to think it was waiting to see how the signing period played out in March and how the draft played out in April. What they were going to do at quarterback, if they were going to draft one, if they were going to trade for one, if they were going to sign one. The only move they made was trading for Bridgewater. They didn't draft Fields. They didn't trade for Rodgers. Uh, they're bringing back the incumbent in Drew Locke. And it, it didn't really matter anyway. As long as the Broncos released him prior to June 1st, they, they will save their money against the salary cap and only leave behind, I believe, $750,000. It's a $2.5 million dollar cap savings for the Broncos. I have the article right here. Uh, if it's not pulled up, but yeah, two point five million. Yep, yeah, it's, it's a nice chunk of change. I mean, you can sign a, a, a guy off the street for that amount of money for one year. So it was just a matter of time. It was inevitable that he was going to get released. Uh, I wish him well in his next adventure. He wasn't really that inspiring in Denver, but I don't really blame him too much considering the catastrophe that was the Denver offense in twenty twenty. Yep. Um, all right, so we got one here. The stream has already jumped quite a few people. Uh, but we've got uh, BNS Zach. Grab this one here. I'm going to yep. pull some up, and I'll be I'll be right back on with you. The good old Bowls news service. We appreciate you, BNS. Thank you, five dollar super. Thank you so much. Not getting a right tackle bothers me. Don't trust to stave puff marshmallow man at all, Juwan James. What do we do if he has a hangnail? Hashtag all pro bowls. Hashtag lock haters will eat a crow pie. <laughs> Maybe, you know, I don't really trust Juwan James either, Chad. And I talked about this on KK yesterday. It was my one main gripe about this draft class from George Payton. You don't address right tackle. You and I both wanted that address within the first three rounds. But they don't yeah. take a right tackle at all, and they wait until the undrafted ranks to finally get one. Drew Himmelman, someone named that, I believe. So, uh, they, the Broncos obviously have a lot of faith, not only in Juwan James, but not only in Calvin Anderson, but Mike Munchak to really hold things together and do what he did with Bulls to Juwan James. Can he work magic twice? We'll find out. I know. I mean, look, the one thing to that's slightly intriguing about Himmelman is the fact that he's six foot nine, which kind of reminds me of uh, freaking tree. Uh, uh, what's his name? Villa, Villanueva. I forget. Alejandro. Alejandro. Yeah, the former uh, special forces guy. You know, when he went undrafted himself, you know, he was a raw, very uh, traitsy in terms of the the length and the size that you look for, but just very untested relative to level of competition. Diamond in the rough needed some polishing, and polish him. Munchak did to the point where, you know, he was he was an all pro, if not an all pro, I know two time pro bowl or minimum, but I'm pretty sure he was an all pro. I'm not going to pull it up. But does that mean this guy's going to be that? No. Would we have preferred to have seen at least one of those uh, at least day three picks? Give us one offensive tackle. Yes. But again, I think part of this, too, Zach, is we know they targeted different offensive tackles in this draft. They just had some bad luck in that, you know, they'd be two or three picks away within striking distance of their boy. And then he'd get drafted and it's like, oh man, what do we do? And then when they go on the clock, whatever offensive tackle was left, the value of how they had him graded didn't meet where they were sitting in the draft. And so the can kept getting kicked to the point where the time runs out. They didn't get a tackle. So I'm still optimistic that, um, you know, their read on the Juwan James situation is the correct one because they are confident that he's going to be back and in full effect. Just we're not going to hold our breath. 
I, I really would want the Broncos hopefully to pick up a veteran tackle between now and the preseason just to have some insurance behind James. I don't really trust Calvin Anderson. I mean, the Broncos have invested a lot in Garrett Bowles. They, they spent a second on Reisner, a third on Cushenberry, $11 million for Glasgow. The last remaining link there is right tackle. And why allow one player to potentially blow up the entire operation? So whether it's maybe even DeMar Dotson. Bring him back for one year to two, three million bucks and give yourself some peace of mind going into what could be a very encouraging season on offense. Zach, I don't know if it's possible for you in your sector of the stream to see if you got Dwayne, if you got access to Dwayne. If not, I'll I'll, uh, reverse engineer as, as a banner. John Houston, appreciate you, bro. He says, it's crazy how being a, uh, a new, a no lock supporter. I'll just say it's crazy how being a lock supporter People attack known. you. Unknown. There you go. Thank you. I, n- I don't know why people look at Locke like the plague. Have they ever heard of Project Develop? Yeah, it's unfortunate, Zach. Um, we were talking about this yesterday that, you know, it kind of has taken on almost like a derangement syndrome type situation where it's really gotten twisted into the wind. Much more is made about uh, his lows and not because, again, we're honest with uh, everybody when we say, look, we can recognize that there were some times last year, especially where everyone was very worried about what they were seeing. from. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Drew Locke. But to paint him with the, the, the brush of being just this almost like embarrassment, an afterthought, you know, a joke. I mean, you got anonymous coaches in the athletic pre-draft clowning Drew Locke. Uh, when they were talking about Zach Wilson, it really is just uh, out of control. It's a kind of derangement. We'll just call it locked derangement syndrome. We might as well, Zach, because it has become that. And unfortunately for Drew, there's only one way to flip that script, and that is get out on the field and leave no doubt. Because as much as you know, the, all of his different, 
you know, obstacles, the unique obstacles he faced in 2020, those that are deranged from locked derangement syndrome, they omit, they look past, they avoid, they ignore, they don't want to talk about those things. And even Elway in that Mike Silver piece that you and I were talking about pre uh, before we went live, even Elway said, look, fans, the public, they're impatient. They want quarterbacks to come out of the box and kill it. But there's only so many Patrick Mahomes that come out in a generation. I mean, it's very hit and miss. And who knows how Patrick Mahomes, how his career arc would have turned out if, you know, uh, knock on wood, whatever, if the if the uh, pandemic, Zach, would have taken place in 2018, all right, when he got his first real swing at the plate as the man. So it's just, you know, you got to give it time. But Drew, if he didn't, the biggest thing he didn't do, I hate using double negatives, is he didn't leave, no doubt. And so until he gets out there and just answers it with authority, that derangement syndrome is going to, you know, build, right? It's going to continue to kind of percolate within the fan base and media, let's be honest, at large. Well, let me say, as a resident lock supporter, I know we're a kind of a dying or, you know, increasingly shrinking breed out here in Twitter land, Chad, in Broncos country. He deserved blame for last year. He he was not good enough. I'm the first one to say that. His turnovers, his errand passes, his mechanics, he was the furthest thing from a franchise quarterback, and it was disappointing. But from what I can gather, the last five years, it being such quarterback hell for Denver, this is just my interpretation. I feel like Locke is getting all of the pent-up agitation and frustration and impatience from the fan base, the the. Paxton Lynch's, the Brock Osweiler's, the Joe Flacco's, the Case Keenum's, all of that anger and all of that disappointment, all of that sadness, all bundled up, and that's taken out on Drew now. That's what I truly feel like because Broncos fans are impatient. They went from having Peyton Manning to having Trevor Simeon, and from Trevor Simeon to those aforementioned quarterbacks. Now we're at Drew Locke, and it's like, where does the buck stop? Where, when and where do the Broncos achieve their franchise quarterback? What more do they have to do? How long do I, as a fan of this team, and I'm pouring in blood, sweat, and tears, how long do I have to wait to get that franchise quarterback back? But it just seems like, to your point, is there anything he can do that would leave no doubt? Is there anything at this point that Drew Locke can do that would get every single person on his side? I don't believe so. I think he's too far gone in the fan base's view, in the national media's view, where even if he led the Broncos to a championship in 2021, not saying it's going to happen, hypothetical, I feel like still people would be like, oh, it was the defense, it was the running game, he, he lucked into it, he was just there for the ride. Same things that people were saying about Brock Osweiler and the Broncos' ascension to SB50. So I just think it's an unfortunate situation, and it might be one of those cases where he needs to change the scenery because I don't think he can do anything. Not that I'm advocating for it, but I don't think he's going to do anything, Chad, to get the fan base on his side. I think people have uh, drawn their lines in the sand. They have their feet firmly planted, and they're not going to you know, waver on their stance on lock. That's right. I mean, we, used to, we were lamenting this as a, as a show and as a fan base this time last year, how – certain publications in the national media and certain writers and analysts, <clears throat> they got so dug in on their positions on Drew pre the 2019 draft that even in the face of overwhelming evidence that many of those takes were freezing cold and absolutely wrong, they defend them. They continue to dig in because instead of just standing up and saying, hey, look, I, I was wrong so far. Anyway, it looks like I was wrong. 
people instead they choose to kind of continue to dig in deeper. Now, again, Drew is not proven. He's he's got to get out there and only his play can silence the boo birds, can silence the speculation and all that. But it does get wearisome. And just real quick before I grab Dwayne here, I just want to read to you. This is what Elway said, quote, this was from Mike Silver at NFL.com. We know we got our hands full in our division. Quarterbacks, that's all the talk is, right? So the focus is always there. And you got to be strong with it and hope you get the guy that can thrive. And you've got to develop them too. And the public doesn't want them to develop. They want ready-made guys coming out. And they all want Patrick Mahomes, which is very difficult. That's a diamond in the rough. So it's always a work in progress until you find that guy. And, Zach, with that, I want to turn real quick here to Dwayne. Thank you for your patience, Dwayne. It's good to see you, buddy. Appreciate you. You guys are the only reason I got Twitter. (laughs) Love the show. Dwayne, I'm not sure what your handle is, so make sure you tweet at us, and then we'll know exactly what your account is. Uh, Love the show. I've been following since the start of last season. I'm so happy I'm finally able to donate. Thank you, Dwayne. Don't get me wrong. I love Brandon Perna of That's Good Sports. Just a little goofy sometimes. No hate. Yeah, Brandon, you know, he does a great job. Brandon, uh, I think, does a phenomenal uh, job of walking that line between being comedic and bringing that funny and also having, at times, some very serious and well, um, you know, crafted takes and and football, you know, opinions. We love Brandon on this show. So, but thank you, Dwayne. And I'm sorry in advance for introducing you to the world of Twitter, Dwayne. You know, it's not a great place to be, but just stay in that little realm, that little bubble, and you'll be okay. Thank you so much, though, for your support, and we hope to see you around in the coming uh, podcast. Tom El Greco up there in Canada. Appreciate you, my brother. He says, I think Peyton wants to build a team and call his own, then bring Rodgers to disrupt things. If Locke develops, he will bring us there in the near future, guys. Yeah, I mean, if, you know, we'd be having an entirely different conversation my opinion is if the pandemic doesn't happen last year relative to the whole nfl i think drew even when they kind of pulled the rug out from under him and and fired his offensive coordinator and brought in pat Shermer, i think he would have had a much better um you know but much better odds of succeeding last year and your his real year two but really it's his first year as the guy if he didn't have those just lack of reps Pat Shermer, I got to tell you guys again, I try to remind this to fans because of the uh, LDS, as we referenced earlier. Look, Pat Shermer even said in October, amongst other things that we've talked about recently on the show, that basically the number of reps that the Broncos had had up to that point in the season. So from training camp, Zach, all the way to like October, that, that counted training camp, practices in between games and game reps. Those reps combined up to that point were where the Broncos would have been if they would have had off-season training program, preseason, and regular training camp. So he was behind the eight ball, in other words. Like the very the, the very reps he was getting, uh, let's say going into you know week eight against the Chargers where he led that furious comeback in, in the fourth quarter, those are the very reps, the comfortability that he had with the scheme at that point in time that he probably would have had week one opening the season. That's basically what he was trying to say. And this is the whole basis for the argument for people like you and I who want to see Locke unvarnished for one year get a full, complete, fair opportunity. And I want to preface that by saying I'm not advocating for the Broncos to pass on Aaron Rodgers to start Drew Locke in 2021. But if they don't get Aaron Rodgers, they don't trade for anybody else, they don't acquire anybody else, if they're going into the season with Locke and Bridgewater – 
people like Chad and I just want to see what he can do given a full, fair, complete opportunity. If he doesn't do what he should, and that's be the team's no-doubt starter, be the team's leader, help the team win games and not win in spite of Locke, then you know we'll say that he wasn't or was the guy. We just want to see one opportunity. But if you can get Aaron Rodgers, I mean, Chad, I think I could speak for you. You don't really pass that opportunity up. I mean, he's Aaron Rodgers. But right now, all we can talk about are the quarterbacks on the Broncos roster, except for Brett Rippon, and it's Locke or Teddy B. And if in that scenario, you and I both feel like Locke can beat out Bridgewater, and in that scenario, we just want to see what he can do in a full season's opportunity. Yep. I mean, look, who's on the surface, apples to apples, when faced with this Sophie's choice of do you take Drew Locke or do you take Aaron Rodgers? I mean, who's not going to take Aaron Rodgers? However, it's not just an automatic for me. I would want to be very considered in that move based on what it would take to get him. Because if I think I have a better chance of succeeding next three to five years with the team I have now and those future first round picks and second round picks, then giving up those things and Aaron Rodgers, then I might just stay with where I'm at. But I won't know until I know what the actual ask is from Green Bay. Chris P, good to see you, bro. Also, this splitting time with Locke and Teddy is dumb. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Develop Drew or don't. This is a waste of time. You're preaching to the choir there, my friend. Um, I think that, you know, in a in a relative open competition, Zach, where, you know, it's let the let the best man win. The best case scenario, like if you bring in, what's a good way to put it? Um, you know, even the 2018 Denver Broncos, where you had just paid a veteran in Case Keenum, and you had you know, uh, underperforming first round pick still on the roster at this point in the offseason in Paxton Lynch and kind of a rising 
developmental guy that was starting to pop in Chad Kelly, even in those situations, like you need to get those young guys reps, but the one guy had already proven beyond any shadow of a doubt that he was basically, he was a bust. Like Paxton Lynch had proven by year three heading into that offseason, he wasn't going to work out. Even in that situation, Zach, I would have said, look, no, give all the first team reps to the guy who you think today, your best guess gives you the best chance to win. Obviously that was Case Keenum. That's why you paid him. And then if Chad Kelly and or Paxton Lynch start nipping at your heels with just outshining you in practice, outshining, then you, it forces a conversation. Then maybe we start splitting the reps. To just say off the cuff that it's going to be 50-50, as Chris here intimates, the problem with that, Zach, is Drew needs all the reps he can get as a young quarterback still developing. And when you give 50% of those with the first teamers to Teddy Bridgewater, once again, you're caught in that vicious circle. And I, I just don't think it's – who knows if it'll play out that way in all reality, Zach. I happen to think that that was more of kind of – a coach speak talking point, but it's very, in my opinion, unwise. Any quarterback, Locke or Teddy or anyone, even Rodgers, they would need a 100% of reps. When you're splitting reps, you're not only hurting the quarterback, you're hurting the 10 other players on offense. They all need the chemistry down. They all need the continuity down. And that only comes with real live simulation in practice. Day after day, rep after rep. But 50-50, you know, Team Drew versus Team Teddy now, Chad, it reminds me of Paxson versus Trevor Simeon. And it did the Broncos no favors. So whoever it is, this is the one reason why I would want the Broncos to acquire Aaron Rodgers, because there'd be no doubt, no quarterback competition, and no splitting reps. I'm thinking beyond the quarterback. I'm thinking of the running game. I'm thinking of the passing game. I'm thinking of the offensive linemen. All of those players need time together on the field. And the longer you drag it out, training camp, preseason, regular season, it just ends up putting the offense further behind the eight ball. Another great point. Cody Potter, good to see you, brother. Appreciate that generosity. Wow, thanks, bro. He says, Peyton Manning came uh, came off like 20 surgeries in 2012 when we signed him. I agree there is a risk, but there is a risk in every player. You can't pass on a player that will give you the best chance to win a Super Bowl regardless. I, I get what you're saying. Um, I guess the, the question every fan kind of has to ask themselves is, how much is there a too much? Like, is there a bridge too far for Aaron Rodgers? Maybe there isn't. Maybe you're willing to literally sell the farm. Like maybe you're saying, hey, take all our draft picks for the next three years. But, you know, when that time comes, if it comes, when push comes to shove, I'd like to know what that information is. And I'd probably still just err on the side of, hey, it's Aaron Rodgers. Let's roll the dice. But I just don't think knowing kind of what the scuttlebutt is, Zach, of what the ask is likely to be. Because even on Thursday night when the first round was kicking off, we were hearing from the insiders that it's the, the starting conversation is three number one picks. That, that's still a steep. Now, if it's Aaron Rodgers at age 32, it's a very different conversation. Aaron Rodgers at 37, it, it's enough to get, at least give me pause and make sure I'm absolutely confident this is the answer to, hey, we got a three- to five-year window. We're going to win a world championship. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly risk to it, but I think even Drew Locke's mom would look us in the eye and say, you know what, the Broncos, if they had a chance to acquire Aaron Rodgers, I definitely understand them replacing my son. And if it works out that way, it works out that way. And we all recognize Rodgers for what he is, and that's a future first ballot, no doubt, slam dunk Hall of Famer. And you put him on the Broncos roster as it's constructed right now. 
they are an instant title contender. But we're just thinking realistically as well, if George Payton, you know, he's involved in every deal, but he hasn't necessarily closed every deal. If he, you know, passes on Aaron Rodgers and truly goes into the season with who he has, all we're saying right now is support the current quarterback, whether it's Locke or whether it's Teddy Bridgewater. All right, let's grab this one here from Crudum, our friend Chris. Good to see you, bro. Hope work's going okay today. He says, the NFLPA is pushing so hard to eliminate in-person workouts, even encouraging rookies to skip. What is their end goal? I'm okay with changes, but not doing away with workouts. That stuff is valuable. I'll tell you what their end goal is. They don't want to have to show up till July. <laughs> exactly. Period. End of story. That's the end game. The veterans vis-a-vis the actual players union have long hated any off-season requirement whatsoever at all. Period. I mean, they hate it if they have their druthers. And that's why it's one of those scenarios where they're it's it's you know, the it's it's kind of a sleight of hand. All right. Where they're pointing to we're afraid of the bug. Are the conditions safe? Meanwhile, they're sneaking in the back door banana in the tailpipe. The true thing is they've never wanted to do OTAs. And this is an extremely juicy, valuable, easy excuse. All right. Uh, to to get that job done. I don't think it's going to work. I think by the, by the time you get to mandatory mini camps, the vaccine is going to continue to uh, you know pro- proliferate throughout the United States. It's already, I mean, Florida lifted all their emergency bans. I mean, it's going to matriculate through the entire nation here. By the time you get to actual, even late May, when a lot of these camps start taking place, I mean, even right now, I'll just be honest with you. Every man, every woman has to, answer this question themselves. So I'm going to speak for myself. All right. With the vaccine out there, I, I'm not afraid to go out and do a dang thing. Not one thing, nothing. Zip zilch. I'm I'm ready for business as usual with zero, zero reservations, zero compunctions. I think it's as safe as it's ever going to be. And so it's like, at what point do you say, look, we're just completely forsaking anything resembling normalcy till kingdom come, but we'll show up for our $20 million salary on game day. Well, look, we get it. We want you at those games. We want you to show up for your salary, but in order for us to actually build a team, we need to honor the, these traditions that allow us to build the team. Very, very, very well said. And the only thing I can really add is it's a power grab, you know, it's politics and you know, the NFL has so much power. It's a billion, multi-billion dollar entity run by billionaires and millionaires and the owners and the teams have a lot of the power consolidated. And this is the player's way of taking some of that power back. But I wonder what would happen in a non-pandemic year? I mean, there was never any issue with voluntary practices or not showing up or virtual. I mean, that they're using the pandemic as a way to further their own agenda. It sounds really familiar with what's going on in the country, Chad, but it's no different. A sports league is no different than politics. It's no different than Washington. That's the only way J.C. Treader the NFLPA president and D. Maurice Smith, the director, are standing up to Goodell, be like, listen, this is our power. We're taking it back right now. We don't want to show up until training camp. What are you going to do about it? Plus, it's a very convenient PR perspective or position. Because if the if the NFL comes out hard against it, then they can say, Oh, well, look, you know, you don't care about our safety. You know, in the in the court of public opinion, that's something that can really play. Even now with things opening up and getting better and basically this close to being normal, 
you know, it's a PR battle that the, that the NFL will then also have to wage. Randy, hey, man, one of our super supporters on Facebook, yeah. and here he is popping over to YouTube with a super chat. Really great to see you, my friend. Appreciate that support, you. man. You're, you're the man. Here's a question from Randy. Who gets fired first, Vic Fangio or Pat Shermer? Good question. Zach? You know, my heart wants to tell me, uh, you know, it's going to be Pat Shermer, but I think they get fired together. You know, they're all getting this season, the Broncos incumbent coaching staff, the final hurrah under George Payton in his first year. Uh, They're going to give Pat Shermer the entire season, and it would be shocking to me if they fired Vic Fangio midseason, Chad. I mean, it would have to be like an 0-6 start, and they're getting blown out in every game. But even then, I feel like Vic would scapegoat someone beneath him, McMahon, Pat Shermer. But I think regardless, there'll be a, a decent to good team based on their talent alone. And if they were going to make a change, I think it would happen after the season. And if Vic goes, Pat Shermer goes. What I was going to say is that Vic has, as a head coach, and even if, you know, it's not his, back in the day when he was a defensive coordinator, wasn't his purview necessarily to decide any of his underlings on the defensive staff, who goes, who stays. That's ultimately the head coach's decision. But, you know, with the exception of Rich Scangarello, Vic has been very reticent even in the face of some pressure from the outside to let go of a single coach. I mean, Rich Gangarello is the exception that proves the rule that he's an extremely loyal, loyal head coach. And so I think it would, I mean, there's, there's some tinfoil hat theories out there that, Hey, you know, get ready for Mike Shula to start calling plays at the first sign of, you know, things not working out with Pat, maybe, but I tend to agree with you, Zach, that if, if they go down, Vic's going to go down with the ship and Pat will be there. You know, he'll be climbing the top cell, trying to get to the top until it finally sinks. But I think Pat will be with him. The only other coach, it's a really good point. The only other coach I can think of the Broncos have replaced was Brandon Staley, but they allowed him to pursue a better opportunity. They didn't fire him. So it's true. He's very loyal to his staff, and it would take just a disastrous start on offense for Vic Fangio to even consider pulling the plug and installing Mike Shula in what has to be a win or go home in a true sense kind of season. Yep. All right, Tom again. Appreciate you, bro. He says, hey, guys, if Vic got bounced after this season, do you think he'd stay on as defensive coordinator? No. Thanks, boys. No. Yeah, that's that's a next doesn't to – It just doesn't happen in the modern league. It's happened in the in the ancient you, you know days of yore in the NFL, but it's been a long, long yeah. time. If Vic got fired, he would have any defensive coordinator spot he could want be offered to him. He might even get another head coaching opportunity out there. There's no chance, though. If you want Fangio in Denver, it's as head coach or nothing. Uh, we got one here from Brian, a newer name on Super Chat. Welcome, Brian. Welcome. Thank you for the support. He says, I'm new here. Is there a way that Vic keeps his job if we have a losing season? I don't see it. I really don't. I think this is it. You know, it's put up or shut up in the NFL. You know, it's it's a production-based business. What have you done for me lately? If by end of 2021, what Vic has done for you lately is provide a third straight losing season, he's gone. Yeah. He's gone. And the Broncos really went against the grain hiring Fangio in the first place. They took a really big chance not going for an offensive coach and not going for a younger coach. They went for an older defensive coach. So three years, three non-playoff seasons, if they finish, I got to do the math now, eight, eight and nine, 
you know, seven and ten. Uh, there's no chance you can keep him around. The only sliver of hope I can even see being a slight possibility is if his defense is like number one in the NFL and the offense is wrecked by injury. Teddy goes down, Drew goes down, Aaron goes down. It's the only chance. But even then, with Peyton coming in, not getting a chance to install his own coaching staff in year one, I have to think anything less than a playoff season is curtains for Vic and company. I have Chris P again. He, yeah, I appreciate you, bro. He goes, love, I love Rodgers, but this would be a bad move. Stay the course or go get Watson. I still think this can happen. Um, I mean, I don't know why you would want Rodgers but not Watson if for any other reason than age. age but, yeah, um, yeah it's in the wind. It, it's possible. The Packers are doing everything they can from a PR perspective to telegraph to their fans, look, we're not just – willy-nilly given up on one of the top three most legendary players in our franchise history. We are going to fight this to the bitter end and really try to persuade him. But the latest scuttlebutt, Zach, is that his power play is that he he's the ultimatum is, look, you either fire the GM, Brian Gutekunst, or trade me because I'm not going to play for Gutekunst. Or I think I'm pronouncing the name right. Um, <laughs> it's a weird name. Then you get all the other scuttlebutt and the predictions, and everyone's circling the AFC West, not the NFC West, the AFC West. He's a California boy. His uh, fiance is from Boulder. Jeopardy, all that stuff. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to kind of connect the dots to the West. But, you know, if you take what Mark Schlereth said at face value, when he was reporting what he was on Twitter Thursday night, one of the texts he ended up getting was from Aaron Rodgers himself saying, Hey, what are you hearing? Because and, and to me, what that implies, if we just accept it for a second, right, just for as a hypothetical, if we accept it as face value that it's true, Aaron Rodgers is texting Mark Schlereth, what are you hearing? To me, the implication is, yeah, Denver is a destination I'd be happy with. I'm hoping it happens. What are you hearing, dude? Like, keep me in the loop. Like, But then why wouldn't Aaron be in the loop, right, exactly. if there was an actual trade? So there are some, you know, conflicting rationales there. Well, first of all, if I'm giving up multiple first-round draft picks and I'm taking on a massive contract, I'm not acquiring the quarterback with, what, 20 sexual assault allegations to his name. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers in that case, age aside. But, you know, I, I – it's a, still a massive investment the Broncos would have to make, and I just it goes against every fiber of George Payton's being. And you mentioned uh, what Roger supposedly said to Mark Schlereth. That seems like someone who's putting out the smoke and seeing uh, to one of his media arms, "Hey, what'd you hear? Is my plan working? Uh, what are you? You know, he's almost like fishing." That's the impression I got from that. This seems like it's a power play on Rodgers' part. Whether he wants some sort of contract, restructure, addition, whatever, whether he really wants the Packers to fire their GM, I don't know what his endgame is, but it seems like he's doing a lot of this this plotting and he's putting a lot of this information out there. Wouldn't be surprising at all. Kathy, good to see you. Appreciate you. One of our longtime superstars. She says, and by the way, did you get your mug? Let us know when you get it. Send us a picture. She says, my prediction for where Rodgers plays this season is Green Bay. Thanks for the excellent draft weekend, MHH. Hey, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a tough decision. If you're the shot callers in that front office, it's like, hey, do we want to um, – because it's not just a matter of what do we value most. Is it Aaron or our GM? Because I think on the surface that's an easy answer, right? right. It's how weak do we look 
if we cave to the player on the GM. Like that's a big, big cave, man. And it creates, it could create all sorts of uh, PR blowback as well as uh, league blowback. I mean, basically emasculate your franchise in the, in the eyes of the other owners, right? Cause you know, we're on the side of the players 99.9% of the time, but the owners, man, that they would see that as, as you know, you just can't allow players to dictate organizational meta uh, exactly. positions like the GM. I'm going to quote Charles Robinson, the uh, Yahoo sports NFL insider. I, I think he said it best doing that is way too much power for someone like Aaron Rodgers, being able to handpick or hand fire the GM, the some sort of uh, uh, compromising middle ground could be, listen, if we do make a change, we'll advise you. Who do you want? Where do you see your vision for the franchise? Where do you see the Packers going? Give him some sort of influence. Give, some, give him some sort of power. But letting him handpick and make executive changes as a player way too much. That sets a really dangerous precedent that a proud franchise like Green Bay, I don't think they're going to enact. I, they can't because then it could create a domino effect, all right, across the league. And it could affect not just the Green Bay Packers, but other teams in the months and years to come. It is a very tenuous precedent you'd be setting. And that's why I'm saying NFL owners, man, I can guarantee you the first time that phone ran, the, 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 the first time that that story leaked that he's demanding the ultimatum fire him or I'm gone or trade me or I'm retiring or whatever. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Wendy's new French toast sticks are so delicious, some are saying that they're better than their mom's breakfast. Excuse me, did you just say Wendy's new French toast sticks are better than my breakfast? Mom, is that you? Answer the question. I said some people are saying that because they're so crispy on the outside and fluffy on the inside and perfect in every way. Uh Uh-huh. And what do you think? I think it's time to tell people to choose wisely. Choose Wendy's new sweet and crispy homestyle French toast sticks. That's still not an answer. I participate in U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. I would be, I bet dollars to donuts that that phone's rang in Green Bay from a few different franchises. The leadership owners like the Jerry Joneses of the world saying, hey, if there's any truth to this, man, whatever you do, 
you can't <laughs> cave to that because that could affect me down the road. Do not do that. Um, Michaela, good to see you. I'm sorry we can't show your profile pic. We're having to do it the old-fashioned way here tonight without John. Uh, but you know we love you. Appreciate your generosity as always. She says, I'm not sure I really want to spend that much, even for a future Hall of Fame quarterback. He is 37 and got maybe three, four years. Lots to think about. Indeed. And, you know, in terms of the timeline, Zach, one of the things we heard was um, delaying this whole thing from happening Thursday night. I'm sure this was only a fraction of the reason. I'm sure it was more due to the fact that this got sprung on the Packers in the court of public opinion the day of the draft, and they just weren't going to budge on something that monumental that, you know, within a less than a 24-hour window of time. But one of the things were the financials, and they would take a a grievous dead money hit, whether they traded him now or even after June 1st. But after June 1st, it becomes a little more livable. Like you can at least live with it post June 1st. So it could be one of those deals where a deal is made behind the, you know, closed doors. Hey, yeah, we got to deal with you, George. It's done. But we can't consummate till, you know, June 2nd. I think it goes from like 34 million to like 13 or 14 million, maybe even less than that. So it's much more palatable for Green Bay to move them after the fact. I want to bring up one point though. The latest rumor about Rodgers that came out today, apparently the straw that broke the camel's back was the Packers cutting the wide receiver Jake Cromolo. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. And they, and the only reason he's upset about that, not necessarily because of losing the player, it's because they cut him after he praised that player. So do you ask yourself this for one second? He's proving to be really a little bit more of a diva than he's let on throughout the years. Would you want to give up three, four, five, whatever first-round draft picks, take on that massive contract, and tie yourself to a rental quarterback that's one transaction away from being passive-aggressive toward your front office and demanding your GM is fired? That's my drawback with A-Rod. I mean, you're right. That's the thing about Aaron Rodgers is there's been a lot of weird – character-driven rumors and reports that have come out on him over the years from his teammates saying things about his leadership style or lack thereof to really bizarre rumors that I don't really want to delve into to, you know, this latest stuff. I mean, Peyton Manning, you never had that. Uh, Tom Brady, you never heard that. Drew Brees, you never heard that. The other giants of, of the era, he does come with some unique peccadillos. He's kind of an odd duck, all right? He just is. That's what he is. He's kind of just a I mean, he's just a little bit of a weirdo, I'm sorry to say. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I have always thought he was a little bit overrated, but Ooh. I've had to eat my crow on that a little bit. The last two years, ever since LaFleur got there, two consecutive NFC title appearances. They lost them both, but I've had to eat that crow a little bit. Jake King, appreciate you. After the draft class is finished, who are some free agents left that would make sense for us to sign, and do you see any happening? Zach, here's one that would make sense. The tight end the Broncos signed today. Yeah, Yeah, Eric uh, Saubert, the former Bears, former Falcons, and former Jaguars. He started last year a couple games for the Jags. He's he's really, I hate to say it, a Jag. No pun intended. He's just another guy. He's an ordinary type player. He might not even make it to the final roster, but I think he's the built-in replacement now for Jake Butt as the blocker, the third tight end behind uh, Noah Fan and Albert O. So that's one guy you mentioned. Obviously, they signed. Another guy I mentioned already was DeMar Dotson. I'm not comfortable going into the regular season with Juwan James, Calvin Anderson, and Drew Himmelman as the top three tackles. And then what's your 
your fallback from that, having Dalton Reisner move to right tackle. So pick up maybe DeMar Dotson, pick up another tackle, and uh, strengthen the few places on this roster, Chad, that aren't already strong. Amen. Here's just some quick background. Zach has a story that will be a little bit more in-depth coming uh, this evening, but here's what you need to know about the new tight end. He's a blocking tight end, all right? 6'5", 253, fifth year out of Drake. He's appeared in 40 games uh, with Atlanta, Chicago, Jacksonville. Let me let me run by you his combined stat total. You ready? Ten catches, 85 yards. And he's also thrown in half a dozen special teams tackles. So there you go. They brought him in because they don't have that linchpin blocking tight end. And this is the guy that they think, you know, could be that for him. It's not often that uh, Pat Shermer runs two tight end sets. And when he does, it's not often that he calls a, a running play there, but they at least want to have that as a prerogative should situation dictate. All right. Uh, Cobsters. Appreciate you, bro. Hey, remember the Manning era feeling great post Manning feeling. Absolutely hated it. I don't want to go through that again. Let Locke grow. Denver Broncos for life. Yeah. Yep. I feel you. It's, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, um, you hear scenarios in your life, you know, like, oh, my kid did this and someone's telling you a story. My kid did this or my kid did that. And you, you hear them say that and you're like, well, I would never do that. I would not do that. And yet, until you're actually in that position and you're in that person's shoes, you don't really know how you would react. And it's similar to that. Like we can sit here and spitball and speculate till the cows come home, but until it's actually an offer on the table and the Packers are willing to deal and they're listening and they're, they're ready to go. It doesn't really matter. We don't even know necessarily. We might feel like we know what the ballpark is going to be in terms of cost to get Aaron Rodgers here, but we could be wrong on that. Like, the Packers might not require five premium round picks between rounds one and two over the next three years and a pro bowler like a Vaughn. We don't know. So it's fun to speculate. We're not going to stop doing that. It's fun for the conversation, but until it gets a little bit more real tangible, we're spinning our wheels, but we're having fun doing it. Yeah. It's, you know, you reach a point of diminishing returns talking about it. You're bashing your head against the wall. So I'm going to just piggyback off the tight end signing real quick. A little fun fact, the new tight end intersects and reunites with Wade Harmon, the Broncos tight ends coach. Uh, He knew him from Atlanta. So there's some sort of familiarity there, but next question. All right, let's see here, guys. We are at 57 minutes coming up on. uh, So we don't have too much time left. Let me see. Very active chat. We got, I don't know, 600, 800 almost on YouTube, another several hundred on Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch combined. Great having each and every one of you with us. Thanks for being with us. Um, Michaela, again, thank you, my friend. She says, no offense intended, but all those negative people make my head hurt. Why do they even bother watching the games, LOL, MHH for life? Yeah, it is odd. Again, like I, we have marveled over how Drew Locke has turned into like Pax and Lynch on steroids to an increasingly growing swath of Broncos country. Like it's become comical. It's perfect way to explain it is as a derangement syndrome, right? Locked derangement syndrome. And if it's deranged, good luck trying to rationalize with it. You can't rationalize with, with that. So 
Yeah, it's, we're going to just keep talking about the same kind of thing. And it's funny, I did a video with uh, Kim Becker on Patrick Sertan when they drafted him, and I literally opened up by saying, because George Payton passed on Fields and Mac Jones, uh, a sect of Broncos country, reactionary-wise, was uh, saying, you know, dismantle the franchise, cancel the season, nothing matters anymore. And it's just impulse. It's just emotional uh, the ups and downs, the ebbs and the flows of rooting for a team that hasn't been relevant or in the playoffs for half a decade now. So it's going to come with that territory. All we can hope, though, is whoever's quarterbacking the Broncos this year takes them back to that promised land because can't happen fast enough. Yeah, I mean, it's a dubious distinction for John Elway to be the first you know, Hall of Fame quarterback to win a couple of rings and then win a ring as a GM to then be the also the GM that presided over the first time in the Super Bowl era, winning a ring and then missing the playoffs in each of the five ensuing seasons. It's unfortunate, but that's why, I mean, just by the, just by virtue, Zach, of the law of averages, you know, I think this could be a year the Broncos finally turn the ship around and it helps them a little bit, the new playoff bracket, the way it's, it's, uh, you know, shapes up. You're probably not going to beat the chiefs out for the AFC West just as constituted. But if you get a little luck, maybe like, you know, you don't want to wish ill on a player, but if like a Mahomes got hurt or something, you got a window into maybe usurping the Chiefs. But first things first, you got swept by the Raiders last year and you split with the Chargers and you barely split with the Chargers. I mean, it took a miracle Drew Locke comeback to split with the Chargers. So, you know, um, first things first, figure it out. Crude them. Chad, Thanks. he didn't he didn't throw that game winning touchdown pass. KJ Hamler just caught it. Drew Locke yeah. had nothing to do with that victory. I know, I know. Um, Chris says, glad we signed a veteran blocking tight end that could also contribute to special teams. Tom McMahon has no excuses now. Contract details for the tight end. Zach, before we went live, I wasn't aware of any contract details. Uh, by the way, Kevin Etheridge, thank you for that hey. super chat, bro. Welcome. Connect on Twitter. Uh, have you heard anything on the contract? No, it, it's got to be a one-year deal for either the veterans minimum or close to that number. I'd be surprised if it was a multi-year deal. But in terms of McMahon, this is something I said on KK yesterday. The Broncos have done that man so many freaking favors this offseason from signing Mike Boone to drafting the players they drafted, players like Seth Williams and Caden Stearns, all to help out. And now even Eric Saubert, who's a tight end, but like Chad just uncovered, has some run on specials. So he was out of excuses, McMahon, two years ago, but for sure now. And he'd be the guy I think would fall on the sword if the Broncos got off to a slow start. He has no business being on this Broncos staff this season. All right, we got one here from Zyka. It's been a minute, Zyka. Thanks for being back with us, and we appreciate the support as always. He says, Drew Locke, dog, that's my quarterback. What's up, guys? Appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you. Locke. A-Rod is a monster, but I truly feel better with Locke and no trades. Am I crazy? LOL. I don't think you're crazy. A lot of people would say that you are. I don't think so. I think there is something poetic to saying, hey, this is our guy. We're, we've, we're, we've developed him. We feel like we've built a nice team around him. We feel like we got the horses at the coaching level. We just brought in flooding the roster with, when you count the new tight end as well, with 22 new players, like, we feel like we can compete. Are we a lock for the playoffs like we would be if we had Rodgers? No. But if Drew develops, then we – yes, then that's what we are because true franchise quarterbacks, that's what they do for your team's prospects. And we might be this close to that to, to Drew busting out into that form. Time will tell. 
See, this is the sad part to me. This is where the derangement comes in because we have Broncos fans asking us, is it okay if I root for the current starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos? Am I crazy for supporting the current quarterback of the Denver Broncos? Imagine a Broncos fan asking that in the Elway era, in the Jake Plummer era, even in the Jake Cutler era. Those questions weren't being asked. But it's 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 so funny, Zyka, that you're tentative to support a Broncos player. It's it's the the court of public opinion. It's the mob mentality that's formed around Locke. If you support him, you might as well have leprosy. Banish you to the island of misfit toys, Chad, because you don't deserve to breathe fresh air or live among the Locke detractors. That's the sad part to me, how far and how low, actually, the derangement has fallen. And for what it's worth, Zaka, I mean, we feel like your opinion has more merit than the derangement that exists out there. Um, Chai Town, I think his name is Scott. I had to shorten the handle to fit your whole as much as I could of your of your comment. Appreciate that. Very generous super chat. Connect with us on Twitter. He says, good evening, gents. Regarding Aaron Rodgers, it's a risk, yes, but healthy. I believe instantly we are a favorite to go deep in the playoffs. In our division, can you say the same if we don't trade for him? Absolutely not. The Bron- no one can say with a straight face the Broncos are a lock for the for the postseason right now because we don't know yet what the, how the quarterback situation is going to resolve. Um, and yes, if Aaron Rodgers comes on this team as constituted, knowing you're giving up th- your thirds for the next or your first rounds for the next three years and your twos, you're still making the playoffs if he stays healthy for those three years. Just based on the team you have now, you're going to make the playoffs. Are you going to win it all? That comes down to your. Um, opinion on Aaron Rodgers as a true closer and really is this the coaching staff to bring the most I mean one thing you got to give Mike McCoy as an example back in 2012 is you know he went from designing a Tebow offense in on the fly mid-season mid-stream 2011 to then getting the greatest you know gift of all time that a coach could get a free agent Peyton Manning and then basically just saying hey Peyton here's our terminology Let's just go ahead and run what you want to run, but can we call it this so that everyone else doesn't have to learn? Oh, good. Okay, cool. That's what it does for you. You know, one thing I do like, I saw today, uh, Rich Eisen reported that Aaron does want to come to Denver. He's intrigued by their weapons, and this is what stood out to me. He's not afraid of being in the same division as Patrick Mahomes. He actually is excited about that possibility of taking on Mahomes twice a year and going toe-to-toe with one of, or if not the best, in the NFL. So at the very minimum, Broncos games would be a hell of a lot of fun to watch. Those battles, Herbert versus Rodgers, Rodgers versus Mahomes, even Rodgers versus Carr. I mean, those shootouts and those high-scoring games, we haven't seen that chat since Peyton Manning circa, what, 2014? even so that's seven years ago now that's the one thing I did like coming out of this whole rumor that Rogers not only would be okay with playing in Denver he actively wants to come here dude listen no if, if Aaron Rodgers is a Bronco and maybe this is the answer maybe the this spells out the answer you no longer fear taking on the Kansas City Chiefs you now have an offense that can go blow to blow so maybe you just give up the farm and you just get him but we're just not there yet we you know if the time comes then Maybe that's the decision you make. Uh, Live bait twenty five, another newer name on Super Chat. Welcome, thank you. Connect on Twitter. The defense needs a top tier quarterback to help win a championship, or it's all for nothing. No fly zone defense won in one at all in fifteen, but they also had Manning. Yes, that gets missed so often. 
you know, the narrative out there is, yeah, the no-fly zone dragged a half-dead Peyton Manning to a world championship. Look, Brock deserves credit for his seven starts going five and two, helping the Broncos secure not just the division but the one seed. All right, but then Peyton coming back in week 17 and being there for the playoffs, I'm telling you right now, if you don't have Peyton Manning as your trigger man, you're probably not beating Pittsburgh, even at home. You're definitely not beating the Patriots again at home, even though Brock got lucky with a mirac- a freaking miraculous fourth quarter and overtime in that Sunday night game in 2015 to beat the Patriots in the snow. You're not getting there if it isn't Peyton Manning making those pre-snap calls and, and delivering the ball to the open guy and just knowing what you're not – and the juice. I mean, Zach, those hardcore fans out there, you own the Blu-ray of the Denver Broncos World Championship uh, season in 2015. And there's a cool clip. I think it's even out there on YouTube. You can find it of in the huddle, his teammates, Peyton bleeping Manning, Peyton bleeping Manning. The legend of Peyton, it gives you – you know, it puts some lead in your pencil if you're in the trenches, right? It gives you some courage. It gives you some juice. You don't have Peyton Manning. You're not winning that Super Bowl. I promise you that. What's a Blu-ray? <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, you know, I'm going to actually quote what George Peyton said before the draft, and it was a little contradictory, but he was asked about having a top-tier quarterback, and he said, would it be nice to have an elite one? Yeah, but you don't need one. You don't need a top 10 guy. You can Basically what he intimated was you can get by with either average or good. You don't necessarily need great. And let me tell you something. This Broncos roster is loaded from top to bottom. And piggybacking on your previous point, Chad, if they do get Aaron Rodgers, they would have a better roster than Kansas City, Mahomes included. I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's accurate. So, I mean, if they get him, they were instant title contenders, but even right now with either Bridgewater or Drew Locke, this defense is so loaded and this offense is so deep at every skill position, they can make noise and they can do damage with even average play under center. Willie, good to see you, bro. Aren't you? I think you're on the show this week, right? I think you are on Wednesday night. Um, we look forward to that. He says, the projects you build are always better. Good, good point. point. I love that, dude. That's a great phrase. The projects you build are always better. And then, of course, the appropriate um, horse, rooster, and device with which to keep things from being opened. How would I do that? <laughs> Willie, appreciate you, dog. Uh, David Kilgore, also great to have you. He says, since Denver drafted Miner and looks like he'll be out at center. Oh, Miners. He's trying to say Quinn Miners. Okay, so since Denver drafted Quinn Miners, the third-round pick from Wisconsin-Whitewater, and it looks like he'll be out at center. What will happen to Kush? Thanks, guys. You're great. It's not a fait accompli. He's just—he's not being penciled in anywhere right now. He's going to compete. They like him at center. I think some fans misunderstood that report. The report isn't that Quinn Miners is our new starting center. Right. The report is, all right, he's an interior guy. Is he a guard? Is he a center? Broncos like him initially as a center. But he's going to have to compete with Lloyd Cushenberry, and that is a spot that will be a full-blown, full-fledged open competition. I think the mentality is iron sharpens iron here. I mean, Cushenberry played for the most part last year at a replacement level. He came on a little stronger in the second half of the season, but uh, far and away he wasn't a slam dunk a uh, long-term starter that's cemented into his spot. So uh, whether he's a guard or center, it gives the Broncos more flexibility. We mentioned Dalton Reisner. He has tackle experience. He can kick out to right tackle. They can move Glasgow to center. They can do a lot, Chad. They still have Natani Muti on the bench. It, their interior is very well stocked enough where they have versatility and position flexibility that if a crisis occurred, if 
bad play faulted them, they can make a move to another player. And if Miners doesn't play this year, he gets more time to marinate, more time to learn, and more time to develop under Mike Munchak. It's truly a win-win scenario for this coming season. Rogue Theory, Josh, what's up, bro? Thanks for reminding me. I would have missed it. I would have forgotten that tomorrow is May the 4th. Uh, he says, is it just me or y'all as hyped to see Quinn Miners as me? Dude is hilarious. Oh, and don't forget to about tomorrow. May the 4th be with you. Hashtag huddle up squad. Yeah, dude. I appreciate the reminder on that. Yeah. Quinn Miners is an exciting guy. You know, he's like a redneck version of Dalton Reisner, you know, going to be fun to see him compete and just kind of bring that lunch pail juice to the, to the OL. I mean, this could end up being man. Like if Juwan James shows up to work and stays healthy, this old line dude going to be legit. You know, it's all fun and games, though. It's all cute when you draft the guy. Like Dalton Reisner, when he was drafted by the Broncos, he had that small-town vibe. He had that kind of interesting backstory, interesting personality. But when he slipped last year on the field, his play fell off. He was public enemy number one among Broncos country. So Quinn Miners, it's all rosy now. But the first time he allows a sack or gets beat in a running play, uh, his belly won't matter to Broncos fans. Zach, it's so crazy how quick information travels. We're still live in our show, and I'm getting added on Twitter uh, from Frank Branches. Wow, Mile High Huddle said some nice things about Brandon Perna just now. That YouTube money does wonders. And then Perna, of course, I go back with, I go way back with MHH and Chad Jensen. It's crazy, dude. And you know what? It's true, guys. I've told this story a few times, and we've had Brandon on the show many times. But Brandon was a founding member of Mile High Huddle. You know, when when I started Mile High Huddle eight years ago. Brandon was on the staff with me and his YouTube channel was already doing really, really well, but he still had time in the day to work with me and make you uh, videos for MHH. And then when that, you know, that lasted for about two years and then the YouTube just went to a whole other stratosphere for him. And I'm like, dude, go do that. You know, this is where you belong. You're a freaking star. You're, you're rolling, dude. Like we're going to be okay. You go do, that's good sports. And it's, uh, it's paid dividends obviously for Brandon. And uh, I was just, I still watch Brandon. I watched him today, actually uh, this morning, his um, lament over the Broncos passing on Justin Fields. He he was really hoping for Justin Fields there, Zach, like a lot of Broncos fans uh, were. Yeah, uh, I get it, but uh, he's a good guy, big friend of the show. So I'm a, I'm a fan of Perna. All right. um, Trying to, all right. The chat just jumped, man. It's times like this. It's like, man, we need, we need our, our producer, Johnny Baby, in the house. Zach, we're at yes. where are we? we're at hour 12. Right? We got a hustle, hustle. Yeah. And this, the chat just did a massive jump. So rapid like, fire time, ladies and gents. It's for real rapid fire. Um, all right, Dave from Georgia. Some of these I might not even. So here's what I'm going to do. Zach, I'm going to throw them in real quick in the um, in the banners. Start setting them up, and I'll answer as I'm doing this. But you you started off here with Dave from Georgia, and then I'm just going to furiously copy and paste these in. Yeah. Uh, Dave hopping in, $10 super. Thank you so much, Dave. As always, you are your support. It's incredible. He says, three number ones is a bridge too far in my book. Hashtag let them hate. And the thing is, though, Dave, it's not just three number ones, though, real quick. It's three number ones, second-round picks, mid-round picks, and also a star player like a Sutton or a Bradley Chubb. So I agree with you. There's a limit even for a player of Rodgers' caliber. Now, uh, Corey jumping in, Chad, real quick, $10 super. Thank you so yep. much, Corey. Good to see you around here. He says, the Raider playoff, the Raider game performance was that bad by Drew. I mean, it looked like he had never played 
football before. That's when a lot of us left the Drew train. It was that bad. I assume you mean, Corey, the first Raiders game yeah. because Drew Locke looked night and day better in that second Raiders game in the season finale. He looked like a more complete quarterback, a more mature quarterback, much more poised, more calm, in control of the huddle. And I think even though they lost and it wasn't his best game stats-wise, I think that was his best performance in a Broncos uniform. And that's why we're saying, I mean, as the season went on, Drew Locke did show marked improvement from the first half of the season, and that's all we can really go on until we see him on the field this year. Yeah, I don't blame you in terms of the alarm because he went through a stretch there from, I'll say, um, he came back in week six, played lights out against the Patriots, had a ton of touchdowns dropped four, then he threw two picks halfway through the fourth quarter and then went into a slump from there. And that those next three games, he didn't climb out of it even remotely until the fourth quarter against the Chargers. And then even then, it was like, all right, he goes to uh, Atlanta the next week. I, I would argue he was worse against Atlanta than he was in that Raider game, mm-hmm. but nevertheless, then the Raider game. And it was that stretch where we're right here with you going, what in the heck, dude? Like, this is not just he's playing poorly like – clear evident signs of regression but what you're missing here my friend is what about from week 13 on right beats miami they're cruising for the playoffs until they ran into the broncos buzzsaw that changed their whole season from then on out he was a different player why don't you talk about that dog Corey h the raider game oh that was it Uh, i rose a rose love this draft by peyton lots of necessary depth pieces and playmakers this team needed Peyton continues to impress. Hope you guys are well. Thanks, bro. Yeah, we were uh, definitely, especially us, we are happy with that, that draft. Yeah, it was, to me, a B-plus, A-minus type haul. The Broncos drafted for the short term, for the long term. They added to their most positions of need that were uh, glaring weaknesses, except for right tackle. But I'm very impressed with the first draft of the Peyton era. Agreed. Um, we also got Justin Jarvis. Now, Justin, your super cuts off because I had to copy and paste, and there's only so many characters that can fit on these banners here. Um, but let me go ahead and read it. He says, and thank you for that generosity, bro. Aaron Rodgers holds the cards right now. Why would we have to wait? Or excuse me, why would we have to give up all these picks and players when Aaron ultimately dictates what happens? Hashtag nuts running the nut house. Thanks, boys, for keeping me sane, by the way. Hashtag stay to be. Yeah, Rodgers holds a lot of the cards. He doesn't hold all, all the cards because Packers could call his bluff and then he retires prematurely. Has to they could sue him for a bunch of uh, signing bonus money he's already earned. You know, he would have to prematurely end his playing career when he would like to be able to like he doesn't hold all the cards, but I hear you. He holds some power in this situation. Just like Deshaun Watson does, but he still signed a contract. He still has to honor the contract or retire, skip the season, go host Jeopardy, whatever. So, yeah, he has some leverage, but I believe overall, ultimately, if he wants to get out of Green Bay, he doesn't have much course of of action other than either sit out or, what, extort the team into into firing the GM? Uh, Dwayne, appreciate you. Are Drew and Vic tied at the hip? Is this Brandon McManus's last year? He is singly becoming all bark with a hefty price tag. No, McManus will be here through the end of his deal, but are Drew and Vic tied to the hip? Yes and no. Um, Drew was the Vic Fangio quarterback drafted to kick off the Fangio era, but Fangio is going to cut bait on him at the first sign of, you know, trouble. Like it's, we talked about this last night, two, three games. If Drew slides in two or three game window, Teddy will get the, get the call. 
Well, I mean, they're tied to winning because both of their jobs are on the line here. And the more the Broncos win with Drew, the more that Fangio's leash extends. So in that sense, they're tied to the hip, but um, they have to win, Chet. That's the bottom line. They have to win or go home in 2020. If this is a production-based business, all right, uh, they're open and it's time to get the job done. Norris Designs, welcome. Thank you. Connect on Twitter. I see your handle there. I will find you. Oh, I guess that's your IG. Non-QB related. Caden Stearns followed my IG today and had a short conversation with me. He's very excited to learn from Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson. He thinks the team has a lot of potential. Future star. Very cool, man. Sounds like a very down-to-earth player. We can't wait to get to know him a little bit. Thanks for that uh, little nugget. I love Jamar Johnson, too, but I said this yesterday. So another uh, user said this. It's, it's almost like the Simmons-Will Parks class of 2016, the Broncos getting Stearns and Jamar Johnson. Both are pretty good safeties. All right, we got one here from Live Bait again. Thanks, bro. Who's your go-to player to send to Green Bay for Rodgers, and how many first uh, new fan from New Mexico love the show? Thank you. You know, of that scenario that we talked about at the top of the show would be Graham Glasgow, Three, you know, but I would, you know, if it's three ones, Graham Glasgow and two twos, I'll, I'll try not to gag and I'll just do it. But if it's Vaughn Miller, maybe depends. Like you said, Zach, does he fit in beyond 2021? Uh, if it's Cortland, no. If it's, I can't remember, Drew, I would do it if it was Drew. If you really are going to get Aaron, go ahead yeah. and make Drew part of that package because he kind of would deserve it and he would just wither on the vine here, but. Uh, good question. It takes two to tango, though. Why would Green Bay want a young quarterback when they would move on from Aaron to play Jordan Love? I think the only player they would want would either be Bradley Chubb, Simmons, maybe at safety, or uh, Cortland Sutton to help out opposite Devontae Adams in Green Bay. Uh, I wouldn't trade any of them <laughs> for Aaron Rodgers in that deal. The only one I'm willing to give up would be Drew or Graham Glasgow of the trade offers that were floated already. All right. Mundungus, good to see you. We don't even know if Locke will beat Bridgewater. The fact that we are having that confo is good enough reason to get Rodgers. I'm pretty confident, dude. Like, do we know? No one has a crystal ball, but I think Drew Locke, I've said this multiple times since the Teddy trade, I think you're going to see it galvanize Drew. I think you're going to see it. It's actually could end up being the biggest catalyst in him turning the corner is having Teddy there, a true threat to him. It, I think it'll bring out the best in him. Yeah, we'll see. Um, Team Jokic, good to see you, bro. Jokic, what, I always botch the name, that dude. Uh, love you, though, Christian. Hey, boys, finally back. Drew, still QB1. Let him hate. Indeed he is, Zach. Let him hate, baby. Uh, Westside Philly, good to see you, bro. I'm sorry the money plus the draft capital, too rich for my blood, especially being that Locke has potential. I was also a no for Watson for the same reasons. Yeah, we feel you. We uh, we are a sympathetic ear. We are your football priests, and on this, we are close to agreement. Yes. Uh, Eric Ortegon, what up, dude? Let's face it, fellas. Locke will always be tied to Elway. The other station uh, made the fans hate Elway, so he never had a chance, never will. Uh, maybe. We'll see. Winning cures all. That's one of the sports cliches of all time that just holds true. A cliche becomes a cliche because it's true. Winning cures all. So if Drew can come out and win in 2021, even if it's not perfect, pretty stats, Star Wars across the board, then I would say 80% of those, uh, you know, 
LDS people, all right, the locked arrangement syndrome people, um, that they're, you know, they're going to come around. They will. Um, he's just got to go out there and bring home the bacon. And let me just tell you guys something, though. If George Payton starts Drew Locke this year and they bomb, he will be tied to George Payton as well. So it's not just purely Elway. He's not the GM anymore. This is purely Payton's operation. And he had a hand in, you know, if they don't, not trading for Deshaun Watson, not trading for Aaron Rodgers, not taking Fields, not taking Mac Jones. If he starts Locke, that's on Payton himself for this year. Uh, Christian, again, thanks, bro. Finally here to talk draft. I love the Patrick Sertan pick. Just not over Fields uh, and Slater. He really stuck Peyton to BPA and finally got some depth. Um, Jamar and Javante were my favorite picks, B+. Right on, dude. We're out of time. So tomorrow night, though, tomorrow morning you'll get Broncos for breakfast and then tomorrow night billing the Broncos. I'm sure they'll be like 99% draft-oriented, so um, stay tuned for that. Uh, let me throw in Baron Browning, probably my favorite pick in this draft for the Broncos. But yeah, Javante and Jamar Johnson is such a steal where they got him there. It's just, I'm so excited to watch him play. Well, he, he's saying, oh, I'm on the 26th. Let me look at my calendar. I got you. I got you down for the fifth, dude. I got Zach Burn, the guitarist, on the 26th. That could be my fault. We'll DM after the show. Um, all right, let me see. I think we're caught up in less while I've been off. There's been more great superstars hitting the chat. Let me just take a quick gander on the back end here before we say goodbye. And, you know, might get out of here in time. I might be able to catch 15 minutes of my daughter's softball game. Hey, silver lining, y'all. Uh, there's Westside Philly. We grabbed him. There's Eric. Um, Jokic. Uh, Willie. uh Sorry for the narration, gang, but I must. Um, here's one from Dwayne again. Thank you, Dwayne. Didn't mean to start anything with Perna. <laughs> I Talk love it. it. Oh, of course not. No, it's no, it's no drama, bro, at all. None at all. I just thought it was funny how quickly that uh, that that information traveled. All right, guys, that's got to do it for tonight's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. Zach, while you kind of maybe go through and uh, sign us off, I'm just going to quickly pull up our Facebook yep. superstar supporters, and uh, we'll, we'll credit them and shout them out before the very, very end. Yeah, well, uh, thank you, everyone, for another great podcast, another great week that we're starting a podcasting. Uh, I'll get some of the matters of business out of the way real quick. Follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. Follow me on Twitter at Kelberman NFL. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. Follow MHH on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. And uh, be sure to su- subscribe, like, and share this video or any video that you see on the channel. It helps us out more than you can imagine. If you want to, if you can, if you're able to, please check out the store, huddleuppod.com. Get yourself some swag. But, Chad, we have to thank our top star senders this evening. We have Claude Riley, 900 stars. Thank you, Claude. Randy Jones, 200. Brad Murdoch, 100. Jeremy Kushik, Kushich, uh, 50. And David Wilder, 50 stars. Thank you so, so much, guys. My high salute to you. We'll be back, though, Chad, Wednesday night for more Broncos football, breaking down the Broncos even more tomorrow, like you mentioned, is Broncos for breakfast. And then in the evening, I believe it's building the Broncos uh, coming at you a new episode. Again, subscribe, like, and share. Helps us out tremendously. Thank you all once again for a tremendous podcast. Chad, have a great evening. You too, my dog. I will see you guys Wednesday. I'll see you Wednesday, Chad. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. 
The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.